0: They write stuff about this. So we're not going to get into the gory details. But how do you have an intimate relationship now if you're not living or married to somebody? Yeah. I mean, how do you start dating? And that, you see that brings in, that's, that's harm reduction. Right. I mean, if you're married, then you're already exchanging you know, germs. Other than that, you would have to say, well, how, how would I begin a relationship Um, in in pandemic terms and so people now have you know video sex is good or variations thereof You, you have to come up with intermediate solutions because abstinence doesn't work in love addiction or in pandemic love as well and so harm reduction is a broader concept and so God bless Ethan and Drug, Paula, for throwing that idea out there, harm reduction as a larger concept is non perfectionism. Right. It's that we're not going to eliminate drugs, addiction, we're not even going to eliminate coronavirus. It's not going to happen. And, we, and I know you and I have talked about, well, that's where you still have to go outside, and that's where, and along this, all people are politically protesting. And, you know, if you're going to go outside, it's better to protest outside than in an auditorium. And it's better to wear a mask. And it's called living your life. Harm reduction is a realistic accommodation to making do with the situation that's presented. And so harm reduction has a broader, larger philosophical context.
1: At the end of the day, if you're, a, if you're a harm reduction advocate or a harm reductionist the way that you and I say that we are, you're also a consequentialist to some degree, or a philosopher would call you, in a way right. that if Christine Whitman were a consequentialist, she would be thinking about carnage and the possibility of lives lost rather than thinking about right. what, what it would mean to say some scary new progressive thing.
0: And that's why, what, I mean, I, you know, here's another shout out. The one academic psychologist back in the controlled drinking days who was most out there in defending harm reduction in the Sobel's, and he he presented a whole line of, he eventually got into harm reduction, he's dead now, was Alan Marlatt. Mm, Yeah. And Alan Marlatt, you know, I keep using one quote he always used, which I love, the medical disease model of alcoholism is the moral model in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. um christine whitman thought it was bad to take drugs that was her public health approach and the consequentialist or pragmatic approach is well you've got human beings out there and some of them one way or another it's actually quite a large majority are taking some kind of substances how do you integrate that with a positive uh way of life right. that's 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 what our concept is, and that's it's a large breakthrough in thinking from AA and Christine Whitman, and it's got ways to go even further because harm reduction. Well, you can expand it and say, well, people certainly people take alcohol in some in constructive ways. Alcohol and drugs have positive impacts. That's why
1: right.
0: people take them. So. I think harm reduction is a limited concept in that way. And, and let me just go on to one example I've used. You, you brought up the coronavirus example. I used as another example of harm reduction, you know, the recent shooting of the guy they arrested for a DUI, and then they put handcuffs on him, and then he broke away and they killed them. That, you know, death is a bad outcome. That's a good. That's that's sort of like the number one principle in harm reduction. If you tell people if they end up with AIDS and die, that that was a bad way to go.
1: Right. However, you decide you'd like to deal with the person, whatever you think the best way is. uh, You know, wise individuals could disagree, but we can all probably agree that there's no conversation to be had if the person in question is dead.
0: And that's where you start out. That's why. You don't want people to get AIDS. If you start out with that assumption, right. well, what's the worst thing that can happen? And the worst thing that can happen is they'll die. Well, then you say, well, what do you do to prevent them from dying? Let's start there. And that says, well, don't let them get AIDS. Um, and let's go to the cop example. You know, I had this idea people are talking about like teaching police better skills. I would call them harm reduction skills. Sure. A harm reduction therapist or a harm reduction conversation sort of begins with, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? And the worst thing that can happen is the person could die or they can get AIDS and you want to work, or or somebody else could die in a police interaction and you don't want that to happen, and let's work from there. And so if you're sitting there with the guy who's running away or struggling to get free, but he's unarmed, um, you know where he lives. You have his car. You have his driver's license. Well, the harm reduction solution is to let him go. And you know, the next morning when he's sober, a or b, you can come with a number of police officers, or when you can have a more reasonable discussion, and then you arrest him if you need to arrest him. Um, having it, you're getting it's getting in a fight with him. Him running off with your taser. And you're shooting him in the back and shooting bullets around the parking lot. That's not a harm reduction solution.
1: At an individual level, a harm reduction approach is, of course, thinking through sort of a mental checklist of, well, how can I make sure this person doesn't die? And how can I uh, reasonably solve the situation? But then an institutional harm reduction approach is to make this harm reduction thought process permissible. Right. So this, this officer wouldn't have to feel like he's in such a crisis. Or that he's failed the mission to such an extent that, uh, you know, deadly force is the only way out of it.
0: That the cop doesn't have to succeed by successfully snaring the guy and putting handcuffs on him. That's what their goal was. They had to get handcuffs on him. And when he ran away, they had to get him. If the institution could convey to them, well, what's the best way for us to end up in this situation you know, the best way is nobody dies, nobody gets hurt, no straight bullets are shot. And if the guy has to be arrested, I don't, you know, that's, is he on probation? Does he have to be arrested? Whatever has to happen, you can make that happen in a more peaceful, successful way. So I would just say you've always thought like a harm reductionist, haven't you, Zach, in a school situation? Yes. Just give us a couple of minutes on how you tend to be non alarmist and like, well, how do we get from A to B with the least carnage here
1: yeah i would I never had thought about it in those terms until I met you of course but but yes I, i've always i've always had that mindset. I think that I knew from an early age when i I had a, a trouble with tempering my impulses or even controlling my frustration in general, and I always knew that there was if I were given some sort of way to calm down or leave the situation that I could could circle back and make things work. And I noticed that when I started working with kids that these kids were not allowed. They weren't given the option of taking care of themselves to some extent. Yeah, you don't want somebody to throw a chair across the room. You don't want somebody to shout out in class or get angry or be doing drugs in school or anything like that. But if that's what they're doing, if that's what the starting point is, And we could come back and talk about why that would or wouldn't be a good thing or how you could prevent it. But now, if that's where we are, then I've always had this instinct that, well, what are we going to do? Get in this silly power struggle forever? Who wins? And so, yeah, I've always thought like a harm reductionist in that sense, that let's give, what are the options here? Uh, How does everybody win in this situation, given the circumstances? And and how can we circle back and, and make things basically okay again?
0: So that harm reduction, it's almost like we can make the principles of harm reduction for policing, for public health, for addiction, for working with kids is don't think all or nothing. Uh, Think how everybody can get out of the situation with their dignity in place. Think of improvement rather than perfection. Um, And think that you're all going to live for another day. So, you know, you don't have to get it all solved tonight. The guy doesn't have to be – as long as he's not armed and he's not driving a car, you don't have to get him tonight. Uh, The kid doesn't have to become an A student or never have another tantrum or never shoot up, you know, uh, heroin again. Let's just get on the right track for improvement so that we see benefits in the short run. But, you know, we're not going to reach nirvana right away or maybe never, but we're going to move in that direction.